Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? This is Herspiration Happy Hour. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Herspiration Happy Hour. This is your unapologetic diva, Dr. G. And this is Louisa Hurriel, a.k.a. the Blue Phoenix. <laughs> How are you today? Oh, yeah. And Cortina, um, one of the uh, the other co-hosts is not with us today because she has some. She was invited out to an event important to what she is doing. So we miss her. and We're thinking about her. But you know, let's get started on this cocktail of what we're drinking today. Okay, so today has been one of those days where I really needed some coffee. <laughs> and I don't really drink coffee like that, but when I do, I do. So the cocktail today, and, and it's funny, you know, not like it, honestly, it's a Bailey's. Are you Are you moving around a lot? All I hear oh, is shouting. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the bail it's a Bailey's shaken espresso. So you may like it because it's sweet. But um you use half a cup espresso coffee, four ounces of Bailey Irish cream, two ounces heavy cream, and a half a teaspoon of vanilla. And you put all these ingredients in the shaker and shake for about 10 seconds, and then pour over um three or four ice cubes in a cocktail glass and you garnish with chocolate covered espresso beans. Espresso beans? Do you drink? <clears throat> Afterwards, or yeah, you eat them afterwards. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have ever eaten a coffee bean. Me neither, but I heard they're pretty good. I know you can smell coffee in between different smells, uh, yeah. but to remove this one smell and be able to go to the next, but you know, I bet it's a palate cleanser. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, that's something interesting. But today on before we get started with our show and kick it off, I want to run the promo by our first official sponsor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Right. So it's, it's so interesting when you are doing promos and everything. And this time it's from Tap Web Solution. So let me run this little promo because, y'all, if you don't decide if you're a business and go with this company. I don't know what else to tell you, but you know what? Let's check this out. Starting a small business, or maybe you have one that just isn't reaching potential clients. Well, change is as simple as a tap with Tap Web Solutions. Working with TWS has so many benefits, including designing your unique website, professional logo, 400,000 monthly visits, unmetered traffic, free SSL certificates, daily backup of content, enhanced security, free business email, digital business cards, and you can link your business emails to your website domain. Real-time malware scans, and in the event of a hacking, 100% disaster recovery at no additional cost. And while other companies will nickel and dime you with website security updates, maintenance, and management, with TWS, the price you pay is the price you pay. It's time to change your ordinary until extraordinary with TWS. Visit tapwebsolutions.com and click on the Let's Connect link to get started. Wow. So let me explain the benefit, one of the, the a really great benefit of this right now, literally right now, if you go and you tap, you know, tapwebsolutionsco.com and you click on the Let's, let's, ugh, let's Connect link to get started today, 
the listeners can get a discount on new website development on and on annual hosting for those who are moving their website to the TWS hosting services. You have nothing to lose by reaching out and just to see how they can help you save money. So, you know, then the other part is the first five, first five customers to contact TWS in the next 24 hours will receive free hosting for the remainder of 2022. Let them know you heard it here. Oh, wow. And happy hour. That's right. So you can contact TWS code today. Uh, so definitely tap in, but it's brenda.bowen at t at tapwebsolutionsco.com. Right now, the first five within 24 hours, free hosting for the remainder of 2022. What about that? That's really cool. I know. Look, only if I, if, you know, if I didn't already have my websites moved to them, <laughs> I would be happy. I would say it's definitely been a cost savings for me. What I like most is that anyone who has to make changes and have constant changes on their website, they manage it, they update it, they do all that, and that's a part of the cost. So I think that that's such it's a great like thing. Your own little personal secretary, in a way. Yeah, for, seriously. And you know how much mind change quite often when you want, you know, updates or you want to add pages, there's no charge to that. The other thing that I also do really like about them is that you, you get free emails with your with your website. So instead of paying for your website and paying for Google or, you know, like a Google website, you go right through them and they'll get you set up with your own Google. They'll have your signature there. I mean, they're a, an extremely professional company that offers a lot for so little. So if you're a small business and, or, you know, even if you're an existing business or you're a startup, it's, that's definitely a way to start. It's just, you know, to package everything from web design and development to your emails and everything else, go out there and be great. So all right, let's kick off today's show. You know, every Wednesday we always have our WCWs where we highlight different women who are making the, you know, making the difference or doing big things in their community. Do you have your WCW for today? Yes, I do. My WCW. Oh my <laughs> well, thing. I need to oh, Okay. So my WCW is uh Marie Curry. Um, okay. She was born in um, 1867. She died in 1934. She was a physicist, physicist and a scientist who came up with the term radioactivity. That's pretty cool. And she discovered two new elements, radium and uh, polonium. Polonium. <laughs> <laughs> two elements. One of the numbs, yeah. <laughs> no, but she um, also developed the portable x-ray machine. She was also the first person, not woman, the first person uh, who has won two separate Nobel Prizes, one for physics and one for chemistry. And she is actually, I believe it says she's the only one to this day that has won two Nobel Peace Prizes in two separate, two separate categories. I think that's super dope and super awesome, you know. Um, so shout out and kudos. You know, I... First of all, I will say the patent process is so labor intensive. And, you know, just to know that, you know, she won those accolades is so great, you know, by itself. 
Um, my WCW today is myself. I have been working super hard. That and so the reason why I'm I'm choosing myself is for more than one reason, but this one the most. I think we forget, you know, as as much as we do, and the way that we move and move and move and move. I think we forget to celebrate ourselves. You know, to take a moment and take it all in that we are inspiring people who are watching us go and go and go and never slow down to actually think about our own, you know, accomplishments. So today I'm I'm actually choosing myself as my own WCW to celebrate that one, I am the women, I am an honoree for the 2022 women doing it big. Uh, I think that, you know, it, super special to be you know awarded something as an honoree for my entrepreneurship and my women's empowerment you know i i do that you know but in my sleep and it's not even something i have to try to do i just do because that's who i am and i operate in a place of servitude but all of the work that i do that helps others that's about others and a lot of things that i do is not always about me so i love you know, that I'm taking today to celebrate me unapologetically for everything that I'm doing. And I'm shouting out that my kids red carpet again is sold out. So, <laughs> and all the work that I have been putting into this for years, you know, this is not the first year that I've done it. This is the second year, but there it takes a, a level of preparation and planning and a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes. So for me, I'm celebrating me today as my own WCW. Uh, Louisa, are you still there? <laughs> okay, she might have fallen off. Okay, so, you know, with the start of the show today, we have a guest. Louisa, I'm not sure if, if something happened. So this is real life. Can you hear me? No, I couldn't hear you. You kind of fell off. And okay, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, okay. I was like, oh, don't tell me she doesn't, she's falling off. Um so we have our guest today who's already on. We're going to bring her up a little bit early. Uh, Martha Aviles, uh, who is the VP of Marketing at an Austin-based Austin Tauru, the award-winning talent attraction platform. So first of all, that's a mouthful. So I, I can't wait to, to find out about it. I know. Uh, with 20 years of high-tech marketing experience in, in SAAS, SAS, semiconductor networking and network security at startups, private and public companies, she is a fierce marketing leader. I mean, she has to be with all that. She also has a gift for building and growing high-performance marketing teams, corporate brands, and inspiring thought leadership. Her extensive experience includes lead generation, integrated marketing, product marketing, digital marketing, public relations, brand management, um, analyst relations, and crisis communication. So we are going to bring her up because let's we got to have a talk about everything that she is doing and everything that she has going on. Hello and welcome to Herspiration Happy Hour, Martha. Hi, Martha. How are Hi. you? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having Good. me. Thank you for coming. Yeah, we're great. We're great. So introduce yourself to our listeners and, and our viewers and tell what you, what you do in a nutshell, because this it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm currently the VP of marketing at Talru. Uh, essentially, what I do is I help um, our marketing team build out marketing teams, right? We want to meet our customers where they are. We want to get this, give the sales team the opportunity to 
close deals and we kind of sit in the middle of that doing all the all the marketing things. Okay. So what would you say is people's number one marketing mistake? Ooh, not thinking like their customer, right? So many people oh, are like, yeah. I have a great idea, but you know what? Sometimes you don't have to have a great idea. You have to just be a really good listener. What is it that your listeners want? What is it that your users want? Um, what your customers want? It's super important to put yourself in their mindset because marketing has become a lot of white noise. There's a lot of people trying to get our attention, right? But mm -hmm. usually what speaks to you is something that's like, oh, this is solving a problem that I had or a problem I didn't know I had or what, you know, what are those things? And so putting yourself in the customer's um, mindset is super important. Okay. So we talked, you, you talked about, or in your, in your bio, it talks about talent, um, talent, what is it? It's talent management or something like that. How do you get, what does that mean exactly? And then how does that work for marketing? Yeah. So a couple things. So Talru is a talent. Uh, it's a it's in the talent acquisition space. And so it is um, we help other companies hire essential workers. So everything from like nurses, grocery store clerks, DoorDash, Uber. What are those essential workers? Right. So that's that talent for my own teams. Um, I'm a big believer in hiring people that are hungry, humble and smart and getting out of their way, right? So you wanna hire the best people um, for the job and <laughs> let them fly if you will, right? There's always, of course, guidelines, but it's super important to have those three key things and see that in people when you hire and build your teams because those are the people that are gonna want to um, get stuff done, be intrinsically motivated, all of those things. Did that answer your question? Yes, <laughs> it, it okay, certainly well, does. I have a question because um, it says you have experience in SAS, SAS, I mean, SAAS, mm -hmm. semiconductor networking and network security. So yeah. what is SAS and semiconductor? Yeah, so SAS is software as a service. So think of anything that you log into and have a and have like a, a platform that you log into or you go and see. So in the corporate world, I'm going to think, I'm going to say Salesforce sales. I don't know if you've heard of Salesforce, but Salesforce is one of the largest SaaS companies. Semiconductors are the actual chips that go into TVs, cell phones, et cetera. So basically I've just been like a frustrated nerd my whole life because I've done a lot of high tech stuff. <laughs> you know what? So what, what drew you to this? You know, because you, you have that experience. And then to me, when you're talking about SaaS and semiconductor and networking, and then marketing yeah. that it's, it's really not the same thing. So I want people to understand it's totally different, which is so interesting. So first, what got you interested in networking? And then when did the switch happen to marketing? OK, so it was always marketing, but I'll explain. I guess I have to go into a little bit of a backstory here. Um, I'm a first generation American. My parents are immigrants from Nicaragua. My I don't know if you know anything about immigrant parents, but you usually have three job choices from the time you're a toddler. They talk to you about doctor, lawyer, engineer. Those are your choices and that's it. Um, and um, my dad was an engineer. And so um, I wish this was a joke, but it, it's it's not. I, you know, when, when we were kids, we're like, can we go ride bikes? Can we go do X, Y, and Z? He'd be like, sure. After we set up this wireless router and Lady, I'm talking like yeah, I was just about 90s, to ask you what right? type of engineer he was. Uh -huh. <laughs> right, like, like I'm talking early '90s, where this was like not normal. Like, 
we were very middle class and my friends would come over and they'd be like, why do you guys have a computer in every room? I'm like, oh, well, my dad builds computers. And so he was always trying to get me to be an engineer. I couldn't do it. It just wasn't in me. It's not in my nature. And so um, I decided to go into business and do marketing, but I realized that I'm not scared of the technology and I can learn it. And so that's how that happened. (laughs) Oh gosh. So you were setting up routers at what age was this around, you know, that you couldn't go ride your bike before you set up a router. (laughs) Yeah, like middle school. I mean, that's just who we were, right? Like, you know, I was like in middle school and you'd be like, today we're going to set up a local area network. But I will tell you that like, this wasn't commonplace like it is now, right? This is like, 92 93 but my dad was always on the like bleeding edge of technology and he really wanted me to be an engineer and so like, this was for like businesses and different companies and corporations no it was like at our house like i was a kid <laughs> no i mean like where you guys would go to set up the the routers right. and everything i was just talking in our house like he was building oh wow computers okay and, like, and building computers and doing stuff and teaching us things that i was like this is so boring and i don't like it but it helped really build my career. So I give a lot of credit to, to him being an engineer, but I was never going to be one. It just wasn't in me. And so what was your, your evolution, like starting in marketing and then becoming VP? Yeah. Um, well, I would say it was not an easy path. Um, I've always been um, kind of a, a go-getter. But I quick and I quickly realized that I didn't have a favorite part of marketing uh, in my younger days. So I graduated undergrad right after 9-11 um, and there, the economy was pretty soft and not a lot of companies were hiring. And so I started at a startup in marketing and I just did a bunch of different things and I tried a bunch of different things. And what I quickly realized is I love marketing and it's definitely my passion. But what I really like is building teams and making an impact on businesses. And so that's what kind of inspired me um, to climb up the ladder and, you know, make sure that like I gave people the opportunity to thrive in their roles. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, hopefully that answers your question. So, so what do you like working, you know, what do you like about Tauru and working with them in the people at your organization? Yes. So first of all, Tauru is in the talent acquisition space. And right now, I'm sure you guys see this on the news or anywhere you go, everyone's talking about how they need talent and how, you know, the great resignation and um, talent is so scarce. Our CEO loves to say, um, you know, there's no boardroom in America that isn't talking about like, how do they retain their talent or hire new talent or all of that. So that's really fascinating about our business. Also, our culture at Telru, I love that we're given our leadership team and our CEO um, gives empowers us to make decisions and to build our teams the way we see fit. And he really trusts us and empowers us. And so it's super fun to work there. And then I would say my peers and all the employees, it's a high growth, fun environment, but I've never been around so many people that are so willing to lend a hand and help someone out. If a new person starts and someone needs help or has questions, um, anyone's willing to help them. Right. And so that's kind of the beauty of our organization, I would say. Okay. So with all of that and the marketing and your experience, and you say you guys kind of have a close knit relationship in the office, Mm -hmm. how do you all target or deal with the resignation? How do you deal with 
um, keeping your employees or what do you do to ensure that they want to stay? They want to continue to work there and not just stay home. Sure. Yeah, retention, your, your retention rates at Tauru. Yeah. Especially given the environment right now. <laughs> totally. So I, I first just want to be clear that we don't go into an office right now. We're mostly remote first. We do have like monthly in-person events. Um, but I would say it's really being people focused. So I've got 10 or 11 people that report to me and I have to make sure that they're engaged in their job, that they're satisfied, but that they're also challenged, right? If I'm hiring people that um, are looking to grow in their careers, we have to make sure that we're creating those career paths for them and those opportunities for them and those learning opportunities, right? And sometimes I'm not saying attrition is zero. Um, sometimes people leave because they find a better opportunity, but I actually have this conversation pretty early on with all of my direct reports. Like, look, if there's a point in time where you feel like you need to be doing something else or you're interested in something else, or you want to build a bridge to engineering, like maybe you want to go from marketing to engineering. I don't know. I'm here to help support that. And if it's, if in a point in time, you're like, look, I'm going to look elsewhere because this is what I'm looking for. And I, you know, we can't fulfill your needs. I want to have that conversation openly. And if you keep that, if you keep your, um, if you listen and you understand your employees really well, typically it's easier to retain them, right? Like, and I, I think there's studies and data that will definitely say more about this, but um, people used to only just want high salaries and now they're looking for the great resignation happened because they're looking for like a home. Like, where am I going to learn? Where do I have peers that I like to learn from? And maybe you can find another job with a higher salary, but you're going to go to the place where you feel valued and challenged and that sort of thing. Cause so many of those things are now so much more important, you know? Yeah. I was actually going to, you, you segued right to what I was getting ready to ask you about. Well, great. One, of the, one of the things that the pandemic did show people was how to adapt to a work-life balance and what it really looked like. And so now, like you said, people are not necessarily after the money. They're after the balance now and being able to, you know, even operate with, you know, with less in, a, in, a, in, in an effort to do, you know, what I don't have to do more, you know, I, I guess to say that. So what has been, what are your thoughts on people moving past just making all of this money and, and having the comfort of being able to actually live? I think it's great. So I've before the pandemic, to me, it was always like a pet peeve that the nomenclature is balance. And I, I get why they're like work-life balance, but it's like sometimes work is going to need you more and sometimes life is going to need you more. You might have something that happens at home and, you know, work takes second priority. So I used to tell, I never came up with this term, but I was always like, guys, it's not, about, it's never 50-50. I mean, think about any relationship or anything that you have. One day it's 90-10, the next day it's 80-20, you know, like it just flip-flops, right? So I think what the pandemic did was enabled us to be more, have work and life be integrated, Right. And we're able to prioritize our health. Or for example, the other day um, I did go into the office and I got up at five 30, like I used to. And instead of working out, I got ready and did, and I was like, man, this kind of sucks. You know, like, I can't believe I used to do this every day. And I used to wear heels and stuff like this is outrageous. Um, <laughs> and so like being able to, what the pandemic taught us is like, we can integrate our lives more with our work. Right. And that flexibility 
is priceless. And that's why people are doing what they're doing, right? With finding the right place to work. So I, I think it's it's a beautiful thing and a beautiful outcome from a pandemic that was scary and, and bad. I think a lot of good things came from it though, because it forced us to innovate, to figure out how do we work remotely. So with my team, for example, we work remotely, but we try to get together once a month, whether that's for lunch or we go to top golf or what have you, because it's important to still have that human connection and be able to bond outside of the office. But it's also important to have that flexibility that we now have because we work remotely, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say, you sound like you prefer the home part <laughs> than in office. That's, that's sure. pretty cool. I miss the people sometimes. And you know what I realized is that you have to be more intentional remotely to connect with people. Because, for example, my day, I might have 10 meetings a day. And so I'm just going back to back to back and doing exactly what we're doing now, which is fantastic. But sometimes you don't stop to say like, hey, how was ex your, your kiddo soccer game, your dog, your kid, like in the office, you've got more of that. So you have to be really intentional about getting to know people remotely. That's a little bit, the onus is on you to do the work, but the flexibility is just so nice, you know, like I'm yeah. in my house. And the socialization piece of it. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like I can get more done because I'm not in traffic for an hour to and from work, but I just have to make sure that I connect with people still because that part, it's harder when it's virtual. Yeah. So speaking of the pandemic and you having to, you know, you're you're adjusted to working home now. Was it an adjustment for you in the beginning of the pandemic or did you always kind of work from home and then go to the office a little, you know, maybe not once a month, but, you know, at some point in times. Uh, so how was that transition for you in the beginning of the pandemic when it was like now you forced to work from home? It was hard. I was one of the people that was like, when are we going back? So my team at the time, I was like, I was very wrong. Let me be clear that I was very wrong from the beginning. But <laughs> this was before it was declared a pandemic. It was definitely like, you know, scary and people were getting sick. And I was like, we're going to be home for a couple of weeks. It's going to be fine. By month three, I wanted to like pull my hair out. Because remember, like, I call this deep pandemic. You know, that deep pandemic time where like, the roads were clear. There was no traffic. There was like a lady walking down my street in a bathrobe. I was like, I feel just like her. Like, I totally relate to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so it was hard. After I figured out like, this is the new normal. And I like... This is silly, but I love plants. So I garden sometimes in the morning. And I do things that I wasn't able to do before because I was like, oh, well, I need to get ready for work. And I integrated my work. It it got much better. But trust me that it was hard because I was an in-office person every day. Um, and so I'm an introvert, actually. And so I was like, I might like this. But at first, it was a very difficult transition because I was used to interacting with people face to face and having those ca casual conversations that you don't have when you jump into a zoom meeting and you're like, let's discuss this topic, you know? So, so how did you manage your team through, I mean, you had your own experience mm -hmm. and as someone who works in talent acquisition, your main thing is retention and making sure that your people are get you know, taken care of. So how did you go about that transition, you know, for your team during the pandemic? I think it was really about making sure that, connections weren't lost. And I mean, sometimes it sounds very um, maybe infantile or silly, but I would make sure that like 
a couple times a week on our, we have a Slack channel or a, a Teams chat, right? Where the whole group is. I would be like, let's talk about our highlights and lowlights for this week. And like, I would force it almost. And I'm sure at first, sometimes some people would be rolling their eyes, but, but now they're into it. And they're like, hey, I have a highlight now, or hey, I have a, a low light, because it was making sure that they felt supported as a community at work. And then one-on-one, definitely, whenever I'm having one-on-ones with my team members, even if it's virtually, I make sure to ask them how they're doing, if there's anything I can help with. If one of them is sick, we make sure I had someone that was sick last week and we sent him Tiff's treats, like a box of cookies. Hey, we're thinking about you. We hope you get better. You know, sometimes it's those little things that make the biggest difference um, in people knowing that you care about them. Mm, I love that. I love that. So let's let's um, segue to the, the marketing piece and your experience in marketing, because I know we do have a lot of you know, business owners, especially startups or, or people or influencers or people who are trying to increase their own data analytics and data analytics do tie back to how you market in order to get people there. Give me t- your top three, um, I, I guess, you know, perceptions of how and how people can make that better for themselves. Um, you, like building marketing out for their businesses. Yes. Like the important things that they need to be considering. Sure. So I'm going to say it again. I'm going to sound like a broken record. Talk to your customers. If you don't have customers, talk to your potential customers, talk to those prospects. They're going to have more insights into what they're looking for, what their pains are, what their day-to-day is like. Um, You want to understand their behaviors and what their motivations are. So talking to them is super important. I would also say that, Sometimes people want to take a shotgun approach and do it all. And that can be really overwhelming, especially if you're a small business owner. So (laughs) I say this to my team all the time. Let's not try to eat the elephant whole, right? If it, let's say that building an online presence is really important for you. Start with like a website and one channel, Instagram, right? But if you start thinking like, oh my God, I have to have an online presence and that's Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn and what are all these things, you'll quickly get overwhelmed and you won't be able to know what's working and what's not. And so sometimes it's about taking those bite-sized pieces and little steps and understanding like, is this working? Is this not? And letting, giving it time to breathe. I understand that it can be stressful, especially if you're a small business owner and you need to, (laughs) you need to bring in money and, and revenue, right? But don't try to boil the ocean, I guess is what I'm saying. And then, um, Third, I would say is authenticity. So I think too many brands try to either pander to people or cater to people and people are a lot smarter than we think they are. I'm sure you guys get all kinds of ads all the time. And some of them, you're just like, this is ridiculous. We are probably thinking that because it's not coming from an authentic place. So decide what it, what value your business is trying to provide and make sure that your brand and your messaging and the content that you're putting out is authentic to that. And you're not trying to be some, something that you're not, you know what I mean? Or just Mm -hmm. a competitor because everybody has their own secret sauce. So yeah, those are probably my, my three tips. You know what, I guess my question now, and you know, or even some insight to help myself and maybe our, our viewers and listeners understand what's this whole bot madness now. (laughs) I'm like, I am, 
over these I, and half the time. I don't know if I'm getting something genuine, like you say, but what's with the bots? When, when do we start moving into bots and why are these bots being used? <sighs> can I say that? I don't know. <laughs> well, so yes, you can. I just don't, I, I'm, I don't know if it's a marketing strategy that people are using to, you know, to in. I guess, fake engage with people. I don't know. I just know that there's a lot of bots. I mean, if you post something, all of a sudden you get a slew of things that come up and it, I just leave mine there. I used to respond to them just so that I can, you know, you, you feed the fuel. It, it helps with your analytics. But I just don't understand. Is this something that people are using now for marketing? <laughs> Not that I know of. Now, I know that if you're a spammer, you are using bots. So I'll talk to you about my work experience. We have forms out there, obviously, for people to raise their hand to get a demo from Talru. And we had a bunch of bots attacking our forms and filling out the forms with just random information and not actual people's information. But I don't know who is doing that. It's been really frustrating. So on our side, um, my team put together like a CAPTCHA and like, are you sure you're a human? You know, you see those when you fill out forms, like click all the... But I don't know where the bot strategy is coming from. I don't think it's true marketing, right? It's I don't know if it's just to be intentionally disruptive or to just gather information and potentially use it in a data breach, that sort of thing. I don't know, but it is super frustrating. And as a marketer, because people see that and sometimes associate that with marketing, it's like, oh, we're all thought of as spammers, but we're not all spammers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that part's tough. Yeah. I, we have happened all the time. Well, and... <laughs> Our, our web guy is like, oh yeah, we just had a bot attack and it filled out the form like 300 times. I'm like, what's the point of this? I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Who has time? Crazy. I don't know. I don't know. Those people need to get a job. They need to get busier. Trust me, I have a lot of opinions about this, but I don't know how it's done actually. Well, with no, any companies, yeah, no, companies you've worked with has, has having bot attackers, if you want to call it that, caused any traction laws or any no i mean well we so we've had attacks on us and all we have to do is try to prevent it mm -hmm. but there's nothing that we've been able to do about it no security cybersecurity, or anything can help that no because usually it's like some ip address that's pinging off another ip address that you don't even know where it's coming from so you can just keep implementing security against it but it's like i don't know why this is happening and that i i think it's just I don't know. I'm speculating here, but I just think it's like to be disruptive. And like I said, I feel like the person who is inventing this bot and having it attack, whatever, like needs to be busier. They need more things to do in their life because why do they have time to do this? Personally, I don't know. I know. So from a marketing standpoint, I want to go back to something that you had said, you know, your number one, you know, the number one thing you had to say was that um, get, talk to your customers, you know, your customers, your clients, your consumers. And if you don't have them, talk to your potential. Mm -hmm. So what if you not you are not sure who your uh, client or customer is? You know, you can go and talk to people, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they will be your consumer. So if someone is trying to build their consumer, what should they be looking for? Sure. So there are ways to get it depends. Like, I, I think we need to come up with a hypothetical product or even I'll talk to you about a little bit about my experience at my last company. We built VR training for skilled trades. So think plumbers, HVAC techs, et cetera. And I had never been in virtual reality, like a virtual reality company. And I've never been a plumber or an HVAC tech or any of those things. And 
unfortunately or fortunately, I live in Texas and my AC broke um, one summer. And so every man that was here working on my HVAC unit, there was four of them. I just talked to them and I was like, how do you do your training? What, how do you like to learn? Do you have training resources at your comp or your current company? Do you use VR? Do you, do you have any interest in using gaming devices, that sort of thing. And so I just started talking to them and it was super interesting to find out that like, definitely the older generations were like, no, I learned from a master plumber or I learned from a master tech and they taught me. And the newer generations were like, yeah, I would love to have a halo headset or I forget what the VR headset is called, but, um, and I would love to learn that the way. Oculus. The Oculus. Thank you. The <laughs> Oculus. And so like, I started to learn just by literally talking to people. And now I was telling my boss the story the other day. I was at a car wash and this, this uh, older gentleman just started chatting me up. He owned a, um, a pizza franchise and he's like, man, I can't find people. And he just started talking to me and I was like, really tell me why you can't find people. And we started to break down, you know, and I started to get in his head on how he's looking for people. And so sometimes you may not know where to start, but, through the discovery of talking to multiple people, you'll get to hone it a little bit better. Um, and also, let's assume you have a product on, I mean, makeup or some consumer product. There's a bunch of user groups out there, whether it's on Facebook or LinkedIn or what have you. And you can just start asking questions and you'll, you will start building a path as soon as you start talking to people and start to understand more like what's working and what's not. I mean, think about incubators or companies that are really early on, they'll go and pitch to investors or people that are interested and you get data points from all those interactions. And so just continuing to hone that ideal customer profile is great and, and never get cocky about it. Let me, let me be clear. So just because you think you've mastered it doesn't mean that something else isn't coming on the market or that that person um, isn't looking for other alternatives. And so you always want to be talking to customers regardless and it's a process, but you get there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the reason why I asked that I wanted people to see it from, you know, your standpoint and your point of view, you know, because, I, of course, I can be biased here <laughs> on the platform. But I, I will say that one of the strongest strengths strengths in what you said and what I heard and even in your experience is to network. There is such a value in networking and putting yourself in spaces and not being afraid to discuss. I know that if you, you know, people follow social media, they always they I'm always seeing this do things in silence, do things in silence, doing things in silence won't get you anywhere. If yeah. you are not willing to open your mouth about the product or service that you have or that you have to offer, it's, it's never going to go where you want it to go, or you're never really going to understand who can utilize your service that's standing right next to you, who can utilize your product that's standing right next to you. So I just love how just randomly getting your car wash, you were <laughs> able to, to find out a need that someone else has just by having general conversation. And you're, you know, it's so people think you have to be in a specific environment to network. You don't, you can be anywhere to have the conversation. And then the other part is I always say, have an elevator pitch about what you do, mm -hmm. you know, because the, the, you know, if you're in a room and you're moving about, have something there that's going to want people to stay and talk to you. So it has to be captivating enough that will be really great for you. So I'm so glad that you, you know, you shared that experience and everything. Well, thank you. Yeah. I would say when, when people use the term in my younger days, when people use the term network, it would scare me a little bit. Like it sounds so like, but it literally just means like put yourself out there and see what you can learn. Right. Like you're going to oh, learn yeah. 
from that interaction from someone. And so, yeah, you don't have to be in, I mean, networking groups are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking any of that, but it can be anywhere, right? I was sitting in a car wash talking to a guy that owned a little Caesars and I, I understood about his hiring, what his problems were, why he wasn't retaining people. And yeah. What should people be looking for when they are, you know, to hire really great talent? Yeah. So I, I'm a little bit obsessive about leadership books. So I feel like I've read, I have a whole library of them, but I believe it was either five dysfunctions of a team or one of those books. Um, I'm always looking for, and I think I, I said this earlier, so apologies for the repeat, but I'm always looking for people that are hungry, humble, and smart. Yes. Sometimes you need to look for a specific skill set. but in one of the books that I read, it was like, this is the ideal team player. And when you're building out a team, people that are hungry, humble, and smart can achieve things together. And so I'm looking for that. I'm looking for people that are naturally curious as marketers. We have to be curious, right? Because marketing is constantly evolving. Even in the last 20 years that I've been in, um, in the industry, it's just meeting your customers where they are and where they are changes, right? And it could be different for different products. And so, um, really looking for naturally curious people, um, and people that like a challenge, because I don't think that work is always easy. Work is fun. And, and, um, and it's all about your personal growth, but you're going to have hard days. And, get, and, and can you show me in the interview that you have um, emotional resilience? So one of my favorite interview questions is talk to me about a failure that you've had. Right. And people immediately kind of get uncomfortable, but everybody fails. Right. And so to me, it's about seeing like, the vulnerability and them telling me the story and if they learned something from it, right. Or if they were able to pivot, it's a really interesting question because I've had people tell me like, Oh, I've never had a failure. And I'm like, that can't, that can't be right. Or I've never had a failure, but my boss failed all the time. And I can tell you all about that. So that person, like you can just tell on how people answer that question, you know, I'm like, so anyway, that's what I, that's what I look for. Well, that's oh, interesting. So when you, for these things, the hungry, humble, and smart curiosity because you're a marketing, you like to be curious and want someone who deals with challenges and everything. Do you take this same, um, I say, checklist when you go work with companies, say a startup company? Um, do you look for these things in the people you work with? Have you ever like denied working with someone because you didn't see they wanted it? The, um, they want it to be out there as much as you thought they should, or how does that go with startup companies or any company, maybe an established company? Yeah, that that's a great question. So I will say I've learned the hard way to be more selective and to keep those standards the same way, right? If you, when you're interviewing for any job, you're also interviewing the person on the other side. And if the, uh, the person on the other side is one of these people, especially like sometimes at startups, look, I think building businesses is difficult regardless of what level, if it's like you're a mom and pop shop or you're, you know, a big technology company, it's difficult, but you want to see that mirrored towards you that that person is curious and that person wants to learn. And that person wants to iterate. If it's someone that's like that wants the perfect answer or never wants to be wrong, or, I mean, those are red flags for me now, but I've only learned that the hard way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like now I'm getting better at honing, honing down to like, yes, these are the people I want to work with. I did some consulting work. Um, I've done some consulting work for small businesses 
And it's definitely, it definitely gives me pause when they want my expertise because I've been doing marketing for 20 years. Um, but then they want to tell me how to do it. I'm like, well, do you want my help or do you want to tell me how to do it? And so like, I've said, no, I now will say no to clients sometimes because it's not that I have the answers. I'm like, here's the framework I put together. Let's talk to customers and prospects. Then I can start making recommendations, but not everyone is, is, um, committed to the process. Some people are just like, well, I have the answer. Let's just do this. And like, that usually doesn't work. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for swinging by, you know, tell everybody where they can, you know, connect with you or, you know, social media website, how they can connect with, with Tauru. Yeah. Awesome. Well, our website is Tauru.com. It's a funny little name, but it's T-A-L-R-R-R-O-O.com. And I'm on LinkedIn. Um, first name, last name is here on the screen, Martha Aviles. I'm happy to connect with anyone. I want you guys to know that I root for women of color being one. So please reach out to me if I can help in any way. I really believe in um, the power of our network. So yeah, I'd love to help. All right. Thank you again so much for all this insight as yeah, well. And look, I'll definitely be connecting with you. I have some, some stuff I have not put out in the atmosphere to share because I'm still developing it. But okay. yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to need some talent acquisition information. So I have to make that connection with you through Tauru and, you know, just even look at using Tauru as a service. Um, I definitely appreciate everything and much continued success on everything that you are doing. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me guys. This was fun. I'm You're welcome. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Oh, she was awesome. Yeah, I love conversations about, you know, marketing and even networking and, and all of those things. And I think it's because as a small business owner myself, you know, I'm, I wear lots of hats and marketing is one of those hats that I have to wear. The other part is owning a company that really is all about how in, you know, people market as a content creator and content writer. And I think some people don't get it. Um, or they, you know, they're saying, I'm putting out all of this content, I'm putting yeah. out all of this content, but no one is engaging because they don't, you know, it's one thing to put out content, but it's another thing to put out enriching content, you know? So it, to me, as much, it, I'm starting to write a lot more for a lot of companies and influencers, and I'm talking down to social media captions because they realize, or, or they're now realizing the power in enriching content. Are you talking? Are you? I don't know. I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, can you? Nope. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Oh, because, okay. So, um, but I really loved, you know, everything that she had to say. And so you all definitely connect with her, you know, follow her on LinkedIn. Check out Tauru if you're looking for people and talent. You, you know, I think it's time that we start utilizing, you know, I guess, what do you call it? Companies and businesses who specialize in things that can help people grow, especially when you're a small business. You can't do everything yourself. Trust me. This I know. <laughs> so get yeah, help where you need it. Yeah. So where can people follow you at? She gave a lot of insight. And of like when you were talking about the marketing on online, on social media, you do think you're supposed to just post, 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 post. But I like the fact that she said you need to hone in or take baby steps and put out there what you, you know, what 
and be authentic to what you're working on. And also to reach out to your audience or your potential audience. I like how she broke that down. Because a lot of people, they really don't know how to do it. And like you said, we do need a marketer or someone who can teach you how to market, depending on what you, well, I'll say in everything, whether it's movies or like with you and your books and everything that you're doing and what Cortina's doing, you know, all that we do, we do need someone to teach us how to get it out there and, and gain customers or, or an audience, you know, so. Yeah, I can tell you it is, um, it, it is not easy, trust me. Even, even as a writer, it's not easy creating content for other people. It takes a, a special mind. <laughs> it takes a special mind to have to sit and try to create content around everybody else's brand. But you know, the other part is it makes me have to be twice as cognizant about how I put my own content out there. Cause I hate social media. I really hate, you know, and I don't, I will tell you, I do not follow the social media rules at all. They say you should post a certain amount of times every day. Sometimes I post, you know, every other day. Sometimes I, you know, I normally I'm not really posting on the weekends because I'm just that's yeah. my self-care time. And so I'm not doing a whole lot unless I'm out and about. But I just I hate video content. I try that I I'm on TikTok now and again, but I don't TikTok dance. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not doing it just because other people are doing it. I don't want to, so I don't. Does that probably hurt me? Certainly, but am I bothered well, by I it? Don't no. I was going to say because you have a lot of um, followers, you have a lot of traction in what you do, and when you do post, they're really great posts. So I think that that makes a difference too. The uh, quality is more important than the quality quantity. So yeah. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely. I I definitely hundred percent agree with that. But I'm just not. I don't have a flow on things, you know, I tried that, you know, where it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm methodical and it doesn't work for that long. I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like it's authentic. I, I don't feel like it's authentic to yeah. who I am as a brand. And the fact that my brand is unapologetic, I just want to be able to post what I want, when I want, how I want. So, and, and that's exactly what I do. I don't want to fall into the pit of just feeling like I have to get along, I have to, you know, get along just to get along. I don't want that. So my content is authentic to me. I post when I want. I post how I want. What I write is not, it's it's calculated, but it's not. I'm, I'm really yeah. feeling what I'm writing. That's what I write. And, and that's, I think that's the, the poet in me and the, and the author in me is in being able to share how I feel and what I feel in those moments. I'm very connected and appreciative. And so my appreciation posts when I'm like shocked and I'm posting things, or if I'm just giving insight because I'm an advocate on a lot of things, I support women empowerment. I support I support black men empowerment. I, I support a lot of different things. I feel a lot of different ways and I share those things. I don't think uh, I ever feel like what I put out there is offensive. And if I did, I don't really care about that either because what you see <laughs> is what you get. I'm serious. Yeah. You know that. You know that about me. Yeah. Even when I'm when I've been on the show with you, uh, you you know, you and Alan, I'm just me. That's it. So, you know, will I ever feel embarrassed about something that I say? Probably not. I do think before I speak and I try to be polite, but I do own the right to feel how I feel. And that's something that no one else can take away from me. My perception is my reality and I'm able to own whether I am angry, sad, happy, bitter. Those are that's emotions. And I and I have a right to have those things. 
Yeah. I just did my whole rant. So where can people follow you at, <laughs> Louisa? <laughs> Hello, I can't hear you. You're muted, just so you know. I don't know what's going on. Where can people follow you? Um, you, can, you can find me at Bikini uh, Tales everywhere now. <laughs> oh, you sound like a robot. You, I know. You, I know. You sound like a robot. I have no, I cannot understand anything that you're saying. Well, she's at the Blue Phoenix Hills everywhere is what she says. She's like super frozen right now. Yeah, it's for me, you can follow me right here on the, scre on the screen. But if you're tuning in via the audio, it's I-A-M-D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y. I am Dr. P. Gurley. Of course, for the... Um, for the brand in and of itself, you can follow us at uh, DAW Entertainment backslash podcast. If you want to be on the show, you know, there, there's a link there for it. I do know that we I don't even know if we're built if we're filled for the rest of the year. No, we're not. Thank goodness. We still have two episodes available. I have not closed those off, even though I'm not going to be mad if we don't, because we, we do need a show just for us ladies <laughs> at some point. Um, but we will go on, on summer hiatus starting the 1st of June all the way to the end of um, end of July, and we will be back in August. But for now, you can catch us here all the way until May 25th, which is time is flying by really fast. Next up on our show is Alexandria Thibodeau, um, who's going to be next Wednesday, and you can catch her catch us here live. Again, if you want to be on the podcast, it's right here. If you like the show and you want to hit the tip jar, www.buymeacoffee.com backslash herspirationhh. Tune in and, you know, with us, catch up, catch up on previous shows. We always appreciate everybody coming out to support us and everything that we do. We like highlighting everybody. And you see these shows are so amazing. We have gotten some really, really, truly great guests. Uh, yeah, do you have did any you notice how um, did you notice how she, where she said they did the VR and remember our guest a few shows ago, that was what they were working on. I was like, oh, that's so cool. They kind of intertwine without maybe even know they may even know each other. So uh, cool. we're, I'm trying to think our VR was she from Texas. I don't know, but we have got remember. we've I had some really, again. really, truly great guests and I'm thankful for it. And so next week, I'm going to tell you, Alexandria is her story like i can't i can't even begin and when i say that uh i'll give a little bit of background because I, I want you all to tune in she is a young lady who was raised white raised to hate black people and come to find out her and her family were are black so when i say the power in that story by itself you know, to hear about it, you're going to have to tune in next Wednesday at 7 p.m. for the for the Herspiration Happy Hour show. But I can tell you that something is going to be really, really interesting having her on. All right. Like always, we will see you next Wednesday. Same time, same place. Cheers. <laughs>